The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Everyone responds to things quite differently. Sometimes you get an email in your inbox and you think, that really speaks to me. I need to jump on board with that right now. Whereas I know, Rob, for you, you would respond to quite a different kind of angle in an email, right? Right. You read something and you kind of want to read something that resonates with you. It makes you feel like you connect with it in some sense, right? You do, yeah. And that's that's the big thing. Like Different people are going to respond for different things. And the good news is that's a massive opportunity for all of us to send emails with different angles. We're going to be talking about that today. Please welcome my co-host, The Man who pretends he is not afraid of spiders in order to look manly in front of his girlfriend. It's hypnotist extraordinaire, Robert Temple. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, who is the man who doesn't dress up for any costume parties. It is the mind reader, the one, the only, it's Kennedy. Let's start the show. Robin Kennedy can get inside your head. Now they can help you see how you're Once again, today, of course, we are joined by the one, the only Mr. Ron Douglas. Now, Ron, here you go, Kennedy. Yeah. There's a little game for you to play. Mm-hmm. Ron either sold one and a half million cookbooks, but couldn't even spell the word recipe when he started. Right. Or he once <laughs> sure. or he once spoke on stage at a marketing event wearing nothing but a mankini and almost had a terrible wardrobe malfunction. Great. I, or hope, I hope that's the is one. He's so allergic to tomatoes, he can't even go into McDonald's or any restaurant that has that much tomato sauce. Which of those three things do you think is true? I think because I, I know a bit about Ron and I know that he's been around a lot, I'm going to go for number one, the one about not being able to spell a recipe and he's selling cookbooks. Is that true? Ron, what's the, which, yeah. what's the fact? Yeah, you, you got it. You yes! Got it. Hey, guys. You can't spell recipe. Yeah, when I first started, I mean, I wasn't a professional chef or anything, and I used to spell recipes, the word recipes, with uh, R-E-C-I-P, like I-E-S on the end of it. Like that recipes. sounds like an Aretha Franklin song. R-E-C-I-P. So I actually had a folder on my computer with the misspelling, and I used to put all my website-related stuff related to recipes in that folder. And over the years, I just kept it that way, just as a reminder of where <laughs> I came from and how far I've come. So I still have that misspelled folder on my computer. I flip and love that. So it just proves you can you can make a really good amount of money and a good living online, even if you can't spell one of the core words in your market. I love that about you. Right. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, didn't stop you, did it? One There's and a half, one you, and half million you. books later. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. That's now, fabulous. Today, we are going to be chatting, of course, about email marketing, as we alluded to just in the introduction there, particularly talking about campaigning. It's one of the things we talk about all the time is that single single emails in their own right are just a waste of time. They're not going to work. It has to be part of a campaign. But it does get tricky to send out multiple emails and not just sound like bland you know, repetition of the day before, where you're just banging them over the head trying to get them to get them to buy. So I guess what is the big secret to being able to send out multiple emails and continue to move people closer towards a purchase? Right. Well, there are a lot of ways to do it. I'll tell you an easy way to do it is just focus on a different benefit of the product each day. 
Okay. Right. So if you send, like, say if you send out, like a lot of people make the mistake of they'll promote something new every day. Right. So that never really gives you the chance to, to really put a campaign around any one thing because you're promoting something new all the time. Right. But if you put together a sequence of maybe five to seven emails and just focus on one thing the whole week, right, then it gives you a chance to do five, five to seven different benefits of that product. And those benefits can touch hot button um, issues related to like what they will get, how they can envision themselves benefiting from what you're talking about. And you may not get it on the first try. Maybe the second email will have a benefit that resonates with the people more, maybe the third email, maybe the fourth, but giving yourself multiple chances to hit a home run with them, to hit something that really connects with them. And also getting behind whatever you're promoting shows them that, you know, you're really serious about this thing. You, you, you really like it. You're really into it. And it just confirms that, is something that you highly recommend that they should get. So I love that. I, I, I never really thought about the idea that getting behind something and doing like a campaign that goes on for multiple days really shows that you're kind of committed and you're, like you say, getting behind that thing and there's some, some credibility around the longevity of, of that product. That's a really interesting side benefit, I suppose. But in terms of what we should talk about in these emails, these hot buttons that we're mentioning. I mean, how many are there? Because I can think of, I'm thinking of, okay, there's like a benefit of like all the money you're going to make when you buy this thing, if it's a money kind of making niche, or how much weight you're going to lose. That's great. Like the, the major benefit. And then there's the other one I can think of is like the price is going to change or something like that. But how many of these things are there? Right. Well, there's benefits in terms of, how fast they'll be able to achieve their goals. Okay. There's benefits Speed. on how, how easy, how easy it would make their life afterwards. There's benefits of stature in terms of what it's going to do for you, like how it's going to make people view you. You know, maybe you want people to view you as an expert, how it's going to change your life in that mm -hmm. regard. So there's many different benefits. You just have to look at the actual product itself and what it does for people and then tie it back to how they can envision themselves succeeding afterwards, how they can envision their life improving from those benefits. It's interesting talking about the idea of making something easier because you picked up on there as you, it's going to be, your life is going to be easier after this as a result of this product. But actually, do you know what? There's the ease of implementation of the product as well. So there's the ease of, this This makes the this makes the solution easy and that's going to make your life easy. That's two different things there. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's good. So how do we go about sort of doing this, I suppose? Like, what, can you give us some examples about how we might... You're about to say something wrong. What I'm, interested, what I'm interested to know about, because I bet there'll be loads of people, I know I've done it, where they sit down and you say, right, so I'm going to promote this thing for the next week or the next 10 days. Okay, good. So you write an email without any thought about what tomorrow is going to be or what next Monday is going to be. And so you just start writing an email and you send it and that's fine. And then the following day comes along and because you didn't really plan any of this, it's now a bit trickier to write the second email because you sort of covered it all in the first one. And then by the time you get to day five, you're like, well, oh, I've really said everything there is to say. Do you plan like your sort of emails for each day of the promotion in advance or do you sort of wing it day by day as you're going? Well, sometimes, you know, it depends. Sometimes if I'm in a rush, I'll just like wing it day by day, but I've been doing it since 2001 so it's like you know it comes kind of natural for me but you can plan it in advance like i have a, a partner that i do business with uh, alice Sieber. she does all the emails in advance sometimes it drives me crazy because we'll be promoting a webinar or something and like 10 days before the webinar she needs to swipe copy she needs all the details and i'm like i'm not even thinking about that webinar yet yeah. you know i'm trying to you know three days before the webinar start thinking about it so but she likes to pre-program the autoresponder to go out ahead of time but, um, you know, 
a lot of times you could, the, the better you know the product and the better you know your audience and the better you know what they want, the better you can come up with an email campaign that is really effective for those folks, right? So you want to know your audience, you want to know the product. So a lot of times you can just look at the sales page. If any good product with a sales page or sales copy will have a list of the benefits, the bullets, the main points, and not just the features, but you know how they apply to people, how they will make your life better, how they would get you success faster, how you will be able to succeed with less effort, how you would save time and be able to enjoy more of your life, those type of things. So they're, they're embedded if you just like do a little research into the product and into your audience, you can, they're there waiting for you to just tap into. Right, and how do you sort of shift? So where do you begin, I suppose? What's the journey you take them on? So you're going to open up with a certain type of thing that you're going to tap into, and I'd love to talk about where you start and then which emotions and which things, which emotional hooks and all these and angles you use towards the end, because I'm sure they're quite different. So where do you begin? Mm. Yeah, in the beginning, you talk about the opportunity, Right. And how it's a great opportunity, what the product does for them, the benefits of, you know, why they should have this and what it can do for them immediately. But then towards the end, you're starting to get more into why they don't want to miss out on the whole thing and the deadlines coming. So, you know, scarcity marketing works, especially towards the end. But in the beginning, you know, if you're doing a five day campaign, for instance, you're focusing on the big opportunity, you're focusing on the results that it's gotten other people, like the case studies, the testimonials. So you've got like social proof right in the middle there, is that right? Yeah. So you've got the opportunity exactly. up front, you've got social proof in the middle. Yeah, and then towards the end, you have more of uh, the bonuses and why they shouldn't miss out on the on offer. Of the line. I want to pick up on something you just said there, Ron, which is about how a lot of people that I see doing email marketing, obviously we see a lot of it, they focus on the scarcity of the product. They talk about this product is going away. What they don't focus on is how, something you said there, which is I do, you don't want to miss out on this because, and how their, their ability to access the solution and overcome the problem or it's, to achieve this thing, it's yeah. much more about them than it is the fact that, well, this product will no longer be around. Yeah, but who cares? It's almost like if you say there's only 100 copies of this left or it's going away on Friday, well, so what? But if you say it's, it's going away on Friday and that means you won't be able you to. You will never lose that weight. You will never have fabulous hair, Robert Temple. None of those things will ever happen. Then you're going to buy it, Right. Right, absolutely. And it's also overcoming their objections to the product. You want to weave that in, you know, there all throughout the campaign as, you know, why they think they shouldn't buy it. You want to anticipate what they're, what they're, you want to enter the conversation in their mind and anticipate and address those objections ahead of time. So, so have you got some really they, good techniques that you like to rely on in order to overcome objections? How do you do that? Do you do that through, I mean, I'd like to just hear what you do really. Yeah, it's just showing, a lot of times it's just showing examples of of testimonials or case studies or, or proof or even benefits of the product that tie right into their objection. Like, so, so for instance, if, if um, you know, they feel like they don't have time to do it, you could talk about how the product makes it easy for them to do it and how it only takes a certain amount of time to do it and anybody can you know, fit that in and do that. If, they, if their objection is the price, then you want to talk about the value that they're going to get from it and how they're going to benefit from it and how this little investment is going to pay off in the long run and make them even more money than they're investing. If their objection is, uh, I don't know, the, the credibility of the person selling it, they don't know that person, you want to you know, let them get to know that person and what they've accomplished and, and the people that they've helped. So it's like, you know, you, you have to put yourself in their shoes and say, if I was looking to buy this, 
what what are the reasons I wouldn't buy? And you want to um, address That's those reasons. Really interesting. I tell you what, you just give me a little bit of mind meld there for me, which is having credibility as an objection handling bit, which means in the middle rather than putting credibility up front because right. when you see webinars and when you see stage presentations often the credibility comes at the front let's see who's talking this is why i'm wonderful and 73 awards that i've won and all the bajillions of dollars that i've earned online that usually comes up front but actually in this email sequence we're talking about here that becomes an objection handling piece which means it comes more sort of towards the middle or sort of pan throughout rather than because i mean it makes sense you don't want to start a campaign with hello welcome to my list here's 72 reasons i'm wonderful <laughs> you can sort of see uh, what's 71? Uh, what's number 72? What's that's all the reasons. Um, it's it's interesting because you can sort of see this campaign now falling into, I think, probably three in, uh, sort of quite separate bits. The first bit is very much, this is what the product does and hyper responders will engage with that and just buy it. Sure. And then you've got the next bit, which is really sort of verifying, validating what you said in the first place for the people who are maybe a little bit more cynical or take a little bit more time. And then towards the end, that's where you've got that fear of loss. It's that, that, that kind of, you need to grab this now, otherwise you're going to miss out on the product, but also on the, on the benefit for yourself. And therefore that's the people who are now, they've, they've held off, but now they're frightened of, of losing out on that thing. So it sort of falls into really three really distinct categories, which I think is really nice. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, if you put a campaign together like that for a product, you'll get better results than 99% of the, the marketplace because most people are either too lazy to do it or just don't know how to do that type of thing. And the other thing is like you could do that as a way of providing content as well to your list so they don't feel like you just, hey, click here, go buy this. They feel like, okay, you're actually giving them content with these emails as well. Okay, tell us about promoting. how you weave content into this thing because now you've got my brain fried going, hang on, how does he, how is he going to do that? How the hell do you do it? Right. So for instance, when you're talking about the benefit of the product, you talk about what the problem is and how the problem, how the products solves that particular problem. And that that's content, right? That's like, here's, here's how you use it to your benefit. When you're talking about the uh, case studies and success stories and people that have done well with the product, that's also content. That's kind of like, you know, focusing on case study related content of right. what people are doing and how they're winning with this product. You know, when you talk about towards the end of the campaign, when you start to get into to scarcity, you start to talk about why. So the, 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 the strongest word in marketing is, is addressing why, right? So why, why, why should they buy? Why should they get in before the deadline? Why? So you, you address that in a, in a way of delivering content as well. So you don't want to burn out your list. Sometimes you could like towards the end, like your very last email might be, hey, this thing is going away, here's a reminder. So that doesn't have to be content. That could just be straight to the point. But the other ones, you want to weave some content in there as well so they don't feel like you just, uh, it, you know, why are they subscribing to you if you're just hammering them with offers right. and not providing any value? As part of all of this then, as you start to draw towards the, the latter stages of the campaign, in fact, for the whole campaign, but t particularly towards the end, are you are you starting to send out emails more than once a day at this point? Where are you, In other words, are you starting to say, okay, great, not only are we going to ramp up the, are we going to move psychological hot buttons across to fear of loss and scarcity and urgency and all that stuff, but are you also ramping up, not the pressure exactly, but are you ramping up the, the, the amount of emails that you're sending as part of that? Because I know some people do, some people don't. Yeah, yeah, the last day I'll send one in the morning and one at night. You know, another thing you can do, if, if you ever want to send two emails in a, in a day, the first email could just be a teaser, like a teaser email, like content-based. And then the second email could be the big reveal, right? So if you're, really you say like, hey, 
here's XYZ, here's what I'm going to show you. Later on, I'm going to tell you exactly how to supply this to you. But for now, go here and check this out. So then you have a reason. So now they're looking forward to your second follow-up to that because you kind of teased it coming. Right. It's like a preemptive open loop. To it's say. really yeah. nice because yeah. otherwise they feel like they're just getting bashed over the head with another email that day because like you look a bit desperate, whereas it looks like it was intended, not like you looked at your stats and went, actually, hasn't hasn't done that well, so I'm going to give another give another kick. That's really interesting. I think what we finish up here then with is a really good structure for somebody who thinks, right, okay, I'm going to promote this thing this week and something else next week and something else the week after that. How can I make each of those campaigns, A, different from each other? <laughs> That's the first one. How is the, my promotion of product A different from product B? But also to make sure the emails have enough variety, flexibility. But they also take the, take the subscriber on a journey as well. They take them on a journey from being just flat out, this is what the product is through a compelling, persuasive journey that gets them towards the end. So I think that's really effective and uh, right. really powerful. And, and the it, more you can weave it in and use stories and, and you know, stories from your, your personal usage of the product or your personal experience and then stories of other people who are going through something and this product help, help solve their problem as well. The more you can use those stories, the more you can connect with the, that audience. Right. right. I think one of the most exciting things about this for me is that sometimes everybody gets it. Sometimes we sit down to write an email and you know you need to send it and you sort of think, I don't really know where this is going to go yet. You sort of <laughs> yeah. just have to start writing. And say, That's I'm, me every day, mate. What yeah. this gives you though is it means you sort of have a good hook for the whole thing before you start that email and that's and that's really, really powerful and that will also fuel writing good subject lines. It will. And speaking of which, we're now going to go into our subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. And we want to know what one of your most powerful or favourite subject lines is that you've ever sent right well i have two different ones i mean one that always gets good results is like good news or bad news that's a typical one that marketers use but i also find the one that worked the best for me this entire year was um and it's kind of like out of character uh for me and i was actually going through something at the time because my my mom had just passed mm. and i just didn't care at that point but sometimes when you write a subject line that's so out of character and such like kind of like a, a rant so, so expressive that it kind of it stands out and they say okay what's going on here and they want to look at it so i actually had an expletive <laughs> in this subject line but i kind of truncated it with the stars i didn't write the whole word that's funny but the subject was it's all fucking bs but I, I, I didn't it. put, you know, I, instead of the C, I think I put a star there just to, you know, to try not to <laughs> curse so hard. But, but uh, that was an email. My mom had just died. And uh, the story around it was, um, I think it was something about, like, my mom passed and she didn't have insurance. So I ended up paying for the entire funeral myself. And I was a little bit ticked at that because she told us that she did have insurance and it's a long story, but she, her insurance had lapsed and expired. So there was nothing I can do. So I was on phone with the insurance company trying to tell them. So the, the email was more about like when things like this happen in your life, are you able to make money on demand right. to address those things? Do you have bank? Do you have reserves to address those things? And I, and I said, you know, 99% of people out there talking about they're making all this money would be in, in trouble if something like this happened. And I might have thrown in a stat about the, the average, um, the average family in, in America is just like one paycheck away from going broke, one disastrous event like that away from going broke. So I just talked about how it, it was a, an email about money management and stuff. And I think I tied it in with some webinar I was, uh, 
doing. But that got great results because it was just so expressive. It was kind of out of character for me. And it just immediately caught their attention. And, you know, there's two types of things. Like you can have an email subject line like that, that just it's just to catch people's attention. But if you don't tie it in with the email content, then it's just like a waste of time. It's kind of like bait and switch. When they get, open the email, they're like, yeah. okay, what is this it's about? I got tricked. Yeah. But you, you want to tie the subject line in with that, tie the content in with that subject line and make it fit, and then you'll get good results. I love, I love it. it. That, that is an this excellent week's choice of subject line of the week, subject line of the week. That was amazing. Now, Ron, if people want to find out more about you and what you're doing and they want to get more involved with you, tell us where to go. Where do they, where do they find you? Yeah, you could uh, find me on my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash like Ron Douglas, or um, I actually have a free class that I could uh, give away where I talk about some of these techniques. I talk about how I'm using Facebook to build my list. You can go to rondouglas.com forward slash class, and you can uh, get that free class. Absolutely love it. And all the notes on and all the links and stuff to all of this, you'll find in the show notes over at blog.responsesuite.com slash buttons. Yes, indeed. That's where you'll find this week's show notes, forward slash buttons. Is that for like psychological, emotional? Psychological hot, hot buttons. Hot I was going to go hot buttons, but I thought are they, people are going to wonder if there's a hyphen between them. I'm going to go, I just thought, I just thought of chocolate You could buttons. really mess with people and make it forward slash recipes. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. should have gone there. No, because Ron could, then Ron would be able to find his own show notes. That would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> As I know you've absolutely loved this episode. It's been a really great one here with Ron. So make sure you do subscribe to the show. Click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. You can, of course, also find us on YouTube if you want to take a little sneak peek behind the scenes and see what goes into a professional podcast. Professional! Like, <laughs> like this. Just like this one. <laughs> Other That's than that, it. we'll see you next see week. See you next week. The email marketing show. The email marketing show. That was really great. I can't wait to put my next email campaign together with all that. Really, really cool. Yeah.